Today we will be reading from Exodus 13, verses 21 through 22. And I'm going to invite you to put this video on pause so that you can go and get your Bible and we can follow the Word of God together. So again, I invite you to put this video on pause and go get your Bible. Exodus 13, verses 21 through 22. The Lord went in front of them in a pillar of cloud by day and led them along the way and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light so that they might travel by day and by night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. This is the word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. Will you pray with me? Father, we love you and we honor you. And we pray, God, that your presence, Lord, be amongst us right now, wherever we are, in our homes, together, in our cars, wherever it is that we are listening to your word, God, that your Holy Spirit sit in our hearts, that you take your throne in our minds, that you speak a fresh word to us, God. And I pray that you forgive my sins, that you cleanse my lips with a coal from your altar. Lord, that it be much, much more of you and less of me. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the Lord went in front of them. Here in Exodus, we are receiving this word of comfort and trust, highlighting the faithfulness of God. The Lord went in front of them. In the day, it was in a form of a cloud, and at night, in a form of a pillar of fire. See, during this time of Scripture, the people of Israel they were in a time of slavery in Egypt. And I'd like for us to really think about that word slavery because unfortunately, it may be a word that we take too lightly. Slavery. Uh, the, the Bible tells us it was about 400 years of slavery. And the people were not only uh, forced to work, Scripture tells us that the conditions were horrible. And really, I find it hard to find the right words to try to describe what slavery is. It, it was hard labor. It was uh, extremely inhumane. There was discrimination. There was racism. See, in Egypt, the Jews were automatically those slaves. They were looked down upon. There was humiliation for 400 years of slavery. I cannot imagine the nights and nights, generation after generation of this feeling of hopelessness. And truly, at least as an American of today, I really cannot imagine. And yet the people of Israel experienced this. And I think we sometimes read this story so many times that we may be kind of jumping over that word slavery too easily. And I try to always pause and have empathy over what that could have meant as much as I possibly can to be that, that sense of hopelessness and racism and humiliation. And 
There were cries and cries from the people to God, God, please. Those that maybe still kept their faith in God, God, please save us. Save us from from being less than human in this land. The Egyptians treated them horrible. And the the Lord heard their cries. God called Moses to lead them. And although Moses hesitated, if you remember the story, and the Pharaoh resisted, Israel became free from slavery. That is huge. That is a huge moment of accomplishment in humanity. And I really want us to take the time to think about that and honor it. How a a community, a large community of people during a time of hopelessness found freedom. What seemed impossible, probably I'm sure to them, became possible. And God was faithful. 400 years of hopelessness, of illness and death, of anguish, and the Lord brought them to freedom. And even when they became free, after hesitation from the Pharaoh, after uh, some back and forth about God giving them that, that exit from the slavery in Egypt, the journey was not over. The people of Israel now had to find and settle in new land, something that was not going to be easy. And part of that was simply the region. They had to walk through the desert. And for those of you that may have experienced going through the desert, it is extreme. The weather is extreme. The the scenario is dangerous. There are all kinds of animals that are very dangerous. And there were about 600,000 people. Exodus 12, 37 through 38, it tells us the Israelites journeyed from Remesis to Sakath, about 600,000 men on foot, 600,000 men on foot, besides children. A mixed crowd also went up with them and livestock in great numbers, both flocks and herds. So the thought of these, this huge group of people rejoicing for the miracle of freedom, but now all of a sudden find themselves in the desert. And not only in the desert, but in a desert with a large group of people, which brings a large amount of responsibility and new way of thinking to bring order to help the children, to to guide the livestock. Moses, I cannot imagine the level of responsibility that he was feeling, the maybe sleepless nights that he was going through. But by night, in the cold, cold nights, and in the day, the hot people with the danger of dehydration, God was with them. God delivered them and accompanied them in the cold nights and in the hot, hot days. And in the cloud that accompanied them during the day was bringing that that freshness during the heat. And at night, that warmth. And not only was it bringing warmth, uh, I don't know if you've gone camping, but when you go camping, the fire keeps uh, wild animals away. 
So this fire was also protecting them at night as they rested and slept. And the Lord says, the word of God says, the Lord went in front of them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them along the way and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light so that they might travel by day and by night. And listen to this. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. And brothers and sisters, that is such, that is a word of hope for us, of good news, that God provides shade from the cold, from the hot sun and warmth from the cold night. So the people of Israel, not only were they in, in a place that was dangerous because of, of its natural area from the hot and the cold in the desert, there were also dangers of war. Because if you recall, the people of Israel needed to find new land to settle. And those neighbors were not going to always be welcoming. And yet the Lord God was also thinking of that. If you read Exodus 13, verse 17, says like this, When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was nearer. For God thought, if the people face war, they may change their minds and return to Egypt. So although there was another route that was closer, God thought about the people of Israel and knew to help them avoid war from the Philistines. So he led them, even though it was a longer route, through a less dangerous, less violent route. I find it fascinating how uh, God thought. First of all, that's good news because God thinks about humanity. God thinks about us. The sad news is what God thought about. He said, if the people face war, they may change their minds and return to Egypt. How fascinating. A group of people that had already found freedom in the journey, they find another obstacle that makes them possibly change their mind and return to Egypt, which is where slavery was. That is fascinating Th that human beings, we find blessings in life, the, these constant steps of freedom and growth but sometimes when we are challenged with something in life, it burdens our focus, our faith, our hope so much that sometimes we return to the slavery that we have been freed from. But praise be to God. God has us in mind. God is thinking of us. Right there in verse 17, it says, God thought. How wonderful, how beautiful that this uh, wonderful and and, and strong and powerful and genius God loves us so much that he thinks about us. So God guides us, protecting us from danger. He leads the way. He goes in front of us, as we read in verse 21. By day, through the cloud, God brings comfort and shade. And by night, through a pillar of fire, 
God provides warmth. God is so faithful throughout the journey in the desert. When we continue reading part of their story of the people of Israel on this journey in verse 15, in chapter 15, I'm sorry, verses 22 through 25, there's a story of how the people of Israel were tired in the dry desert and they had not had water for a long time, for many days. And the word of God says like this, they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they, not, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. That is why it is called Marah. And the people complained against Moses saying, what shall we drink? He cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water and the water became sweet. So in the journey, as we go through these deserts, God quenches our thirst. And, and not only that, he makes that which we cannot bear, he transforms it and not only makes it bearable, but also it becomes something for our advantage. God transforms bitter, undrinkable water into sweet, refreshing water. He did that for the people of Israel. And then when you continue reading on Exodus 16, verses 14 through 15, Israelites, when the, when the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, it is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. God nourishes in the journey. It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. God is so faithful. Now you and I, the entire world, really, we're going through a desert right now. For us as Christians, our leader is Jesus Christ. He is the ultimate savior, the one we receive freedom from slavery of sin. But here's the challenge. We need to put God in front. We have to walk with God humbly behind God, stay under his cloud, close to his pillar of fire. We need to quench our thirst with his sweet water and nourish our soul with his bread. Christians, we need to follow Jesus. We need to obey him. We need to stay close, submit, surrender our controls. Because here's the thing. We say we follow Jesus, but are we really walking behind Jesus? Are we truly intentionally surrendering our agenda to his agenda? We have to have faith. We have to have that love for God. Like the people of Israel, even though sometimes they complained, thank God for Moses that was able to lead them and constantly stay under that cloud and close to that pillar. From Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, we can be led through this desert. It is our only way of finding a new future. 
And how? Well, we stay close to him by prayer and worship. And, and we are led by him by the study of scripture. You know, many people ask me, well, how do I do this? Your daily prayer life. When the people of Israel, Israel were, were being led by the pillar, there was a, a closeness, a relationship. The question is, did they constantly follow? And the question for us today is, are we constantly following? How do we seek the Holy Spirit on a daily basis? And how are we receiving that bread of life? that nourishes our soul on a daily basis. Because we've learned that our faith, Christianity has to be a day-by-day experience. And especially right now that we are going through this desert, it has got to be a consistent, intentional decision from our behalf. Not only because God loves us and we love him, but also because we have realized how vulnerable and how much we need God. God is truly the air that we breathe. From him, we receive everything that we need through this desert. And without him, we are just extremely vulnerable. And so how do we reflect? How, how do I know that I am truly intentionally following God, that God that is trying to lead me, that I am submitting to his path? Well, one of the, the scripture reads that really blesses me is in Galatians 5. Galatians 5.22 talks to us about the fruits of the Spirit. In other words, if the Spirit is in me, I will in consequence produce these virtues. And they are the following. The fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. So church, not only are we called as Christians to be close to God, to always be seeking that presence of the Lord through worship and prayer and service and study. But it also has to bear fruit in us. There has to be evidence that we are Christian, not just because we have some kind of title or because I inherited a faith, but because it is truly my conviction and in my soul, in all of who I am. And we have to know and trust and be grateful that the Holy Spirit in us, when we surrender our agenda, when we truly, truly submit and give our life to Christ, it is renewed and refreshed. It doesn't matter the desert that we are walking in. And in consequence, there will be love. There will be joy. There will be peace and patience and kindness. And not only kindness between my relationship with God, but naturally, because God is self-giving, we become self-giving. And we are kind to those that surround us. During these times, it is very easy for us as a humanity, myself included, to become bitter people, to, to be paranoid, to be angry, to be divisive, 
insensitive, selfish, to not have empathy for others, and even to be abusive, violent, and hateful. And we cannot call ourselves Christians. There is no way that we can be close to that pillar of fire or under that cloud of freshness, which is the Holy Spirit, and still have those continual sins coming out of us. If we truly surrender who we are to God, we are constantly fighting what, what the apostle calls that instinct of sin in Romans, in the New Testament. And so this is the time that the church, those of us that are Christians, during this journey in the desert, we could really, really, if we want to evangelize, let it be because of what comes of our soul, of who we are. A time for us, it is an opportunity to really reflect to those surrounding us, those Jesus-like virtues, those gifts of the Holy Spirit, that fruit of the Holy Spirit. For us to be the people that are kind and generous, that has empathy for others, that is self-giving for others, that is patient and that has self-control. Galatians 5, 23. It is one of the scripture verses that really reminds me of who I'm called to be, especially in those times when the flesh wants to kick in with us. Church, it is an opportunity because there is hope. Remember the people of Israel for 400 years, they lived in a terrible, unspeakable, undescribable situation. And yet God freed them and led them through the desert. You and I, we have Jesus Christ. You and I, we have the filling, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You and I have the word of God. And we are called, especially now, to be the light in darkness. That the, the grace and love that was poured into us, that it overflow and bless all of those around us. It is an opportunity to really preach and point towards Christ. Many people are feeling anguished. Many people are rightfully feeling frustrated. And this is the time for us to demonstrate, not just through our lips, but through who we are, how we think, how we feel, and how we react towards others in this world, bearing those fruits of the Holy Spirit. We have the opportunity and the call to point others towards Jesus, the Savior. Christians, may the mercy and empathy that God has gracefully given us overflow to all others around us. In the name of the Father, del Hijo, and del Espíritu Santo. Amen.